0: Today on the 10 podcast, myself, Chris, and Daniel are making picks for every week 12 game in the Big 12, including Texas-Iowa State, the Sunflower Showdown, and we're talking about the tiebreaker conundrum, rule change, clarification for the Big 12 and its impact in the Big 12 championship
1: race. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: welcome to the 1012 the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the big 12 conference plus colorado arizona arizona state and utah we are the flagship show of the 1012 network find every show on the network at 1012network.com that's T E N the number 12 the word network we are partners with sport social europe's biggest sports podcast network I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Very excited to be here to make picks with the two guys I make picks with every single week. He is our pro picker. He is the man with the stats, the man with the data. He is Daniel Alexander.
2: Great to be here. Uh strung together a couple good weeks. I love breaking down the Big 12 with you guys. Let's run it back again. Let's have another good one.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll recap last week here in a few minutes. Also joining us is a man who, like myself, is not celebrating their record last week. It is Chris Ross.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm a man of extremes when it comes to picks. I cannot have an average week, just very good or very bad. And I've been meaning to ask you, Is uh, are you going to be changing the name to, what is it, 1412 or 1612 here next year? I, there will be no name changed.
0: <laughs> the name is the name. It will not... It will not change. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a rebrand. Probably not. Um, But no, no name change. No name change. Uh, One thing that has changed that we have to talk about, (coughs) depending upon your perception of what has gone down, is the Big 12 tiebreaker rule. We've got to talk about this. This is the biggest story in the Big 12 right now. Uh, For those who don't know, maybe you've been living under a rock. Uh, Maybe you just don't pay a ton of attention. Or you're not on Twitter because that's where it's been the most vocal. Um, The story came out. Over the weekend, somebody was looking at the Big 12 tiebreaker rules for football. Obviously, there was no need for big worries about tiebreakers. When you had 10 teams, there was a round robin. Everybody played everybody, so head-to-head decided everything. Well, now not everybody plays everybody, so tiebreakers and rules are going to have to come into place. I'm going to read you the original rule as it is written in regards to tiebreakers. In the event of a tie between more than two teams... The following procedures will be used. After one team has an advantage and is seeded, all remaining teams in the multiple team tiebreaker will repeat the multiple team tiebreaker procedure. If at any point the multiple team tie is reduced to two teams, the two team tiebreaking procedure will be applied. Did you get all that? (laughs) Number one, head-to-head, best cumulative win percentage in games among the tied teams. If not, comma, Every tied team has played each other, comma, go to step two. Two is record against the next highest placed common opponent in the standings, based on record in all games played within the conference, proceeding through the standings. That Number one is the one that's had everybody hung up on it. Reporting came out over the weekend, and I believe uh, Scott Wright was one of them, I believe Barry Trammell, a few different people, specifically around Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, had had apparently reached out to the Big 12 office to get some clarification on rule number one. And, and what they reported over the weekend was that the line, if not every tied team has played each other, go to step two, implied that if everyone in the group, so let's say we have three-team three tie, A, B, C, if everyone had not played each other, then head-to-head did not count. And why this mattered is that if Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State win out the next two weeks, you'll have a three-way tie for second. Oklahoma State, has beaten both Kansas State and Oklahoma, but Oklahoma and Kansas State have not and will not play this season. So you would run into a situation where, despite having a head-to-head win over both Oklahoma and Oklahoma and Kansas State, Oklahoma State would not win the tiebreaker because Kansas State and Oklahoma had not faced off. Obviously, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but that's the way the rule was apparently interpreted. Then Barry Trammell talked with the Big 12 and there was some clarification that that was not what the correct interpretation was. And so, the Big 12 after a meeting with ADs today on Wednesday, put out a new statement in regards to what the rule was. They said this is not a change to the rule, this is just a clarification regarding step 1 of multiple team ties in conference tie- tiebreaker procedure. In the event of a multiple team tie, Head-to-head wins take precedence. If all tied teams are not common opponents, the tied team that defeated each of the other tied teams wins the championship berth. There have been no changes to any rules regarding Big 12 football tiebreaker procedures, which were agreed upon prior to the season and went into effect August of 2023. There is the debate as to whether or not this is a change in the rule or not. There was no clarification the first time about head-to-head of one person beat the other two and moved on. There is the Mountain West rules, by the way. Whether this is a, it's worded so poorly that we didn't understand it, Um, whoever the reporters talked to at the Big 12 office got it wrong the first time, the reporters misinterpreted it, or as is being ballied about uh, on on social media, the Big 12 changed the rule, as pretending like they didn't change the rule, and is trying to make it all sound like it's our fault for not understanding the rule accurately in the first place and this is not actually a change. <clears throat> um Chris I'll get your thoughts in a second. Here here's here's where I stand on this. Number 1, is it dumb that Oklahoma State would not win a tiebreaker after beating both teams whether Oklahoma and Kansas State played each other or not? Yes, Oklahoma should win Oklahoma State should win that tiebreaker because they beat both teams. Common sense. Should you change a rule in the middle of the season? Well, I'll ask you all this. Um, Do you think that James Madison should be allowed to play in the postseason this year, even though the rule was that they shouldn't? Keep that in mind. Um, I'm very torn because I don't like the idea of changing a rule in the middle of the season. Am I understanding for Kansas State and Oklahoma fans who didn't know anything about this tiebreaker rule until it became a big topic the last few days? Do I feel bad for them because they were given hope that they had a shot, a better shot at the Big 12 championship game for about 48 hours and it was taken away from them? I do. Um, Do we still have two weeks of football in the Big 12, which is incredibly chaotic and wild and crazy, and we're not sure that those three teams will all win their final games the rest of the year? Yes, we also have that. So I understand fans who are upset from the Kansas State and Oklahoma side, and they are the two fan bases, media sides that are the most vocal, obviously. Um, I understand people who are saying, you know, this is like, it, it kind of was a change. Like you added language in, you can call it a clarification, but it does feel like a rule change. It's a tough topic. It's a tough spot. Um, from from uh, all messaging for the Big 12 is this was not a rule change. Take that what
1: you want. Chris. Yeah. Before I get into the twelve, I feel the way this came about is super fascinating, right? I actually talked to you about this a few weeks ago. And I did that because I was listening to the sports animal local Oklahoma city, uh, radio show and Trammell, Barry Trammell, who kind of released this, he does an hour every week, uh, with uh, Jim Traber and Al Ashback and Jim Traber and Al Ashback were asking him about this rule and about the scenario where Oklahoma state, despite beating OU and Kansas state would be out would, would lose the tie break and Traber, you know, at the time he didn't know anything about it. And he was like, no, I find that hard to believe. There's no way that's true. And, but then, you know, looked up the rule while he was talking and, and sure enough. And so then Traber runs it up and runs with the story and now we we're here like i think it's like three or four weeks later and you know there's this so it's kind of interesting to see how that developed live like that it's wild um that you know kind of a little bit of reporting came to some actual change as far as the big 12 changing it i don't have any problem with it in fact i'm kind of impressed because the big 12 was reaction like they 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 did, they common sense, like you said, it's common sense like that's the way it should play out, that that's the way it should happen, and and for it to not, you know, for Oklahoma State not get that edge despite beating those two teams, that, that's ridiculous. And the Big 12, you know, um, instead of just being like, well, that's the rule for this year, we'll change it next year, and, and OSU getting, you know, hosed in typical fashion, uh, they were proactive, and they said, no, like, this is wrong, we're going to change it, or we're going to clarify it. Um, however you feel it, like they actually did it. It doesn't matter. It's done. Uh, and I commend them for it because what's a oh, you Kansas State, what are you going to say? Like it was part of our strategy to lose to Oklahoma State in this week because of a tie break. No, it doesn't matter. And, and yes, it's a change, a rule change in the middle of the season, but no one's been affected by it. And of course the most big 12 thing that can happen is for the first year that it's not round robin play, that this becomes an issue that no one foresaw, and is there some blame on the Big Twelve for not foreseeing it, for not going over the rules when changing the schedule and, and doing this, and and maybe recognizing it? Sure, um, I think that's a valid argument. I think the Big Twelve needs to, uh, you know, kind of look internally and, and figure out how that happened, and and make sure there's nothing else out there that, you know, that you know, they need to dust some eyes, cross some teeth, some you know some housekeeping stuff, but I don't have an issue with them, you know, fixing it in the middle of the season. No one had been affected by it yet. And listen, the most big 12 thing that can happen is you kind of hinted at this is everything. Everybody's going to freak out about it. And then here in two weeks, it's not going to be an issue.
0: Yeah. Someone messed up and no one is interested in taking the blame and responsibility for it. That's, that's really why we're here. Um, At this point, everyone wants to blame the big 12, um the Big Twelve is saying no. Like y'all I just mean, who else would it be?
1: It's, it's the conference. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, whatever.
0: Like I, I we, all, we all know. This is also what you get for like I believe I don't be, okay, I believe that from what I have been told and no, like the big twelve's like, no, it would be dumb for us to say like no OSU, despite beating the other two teams, shouldn't win the tiebreaker. Like, that's dumb. That that that's how the rule should be, and I agree, and I think everybody does agree. I don't think anyone's arguing that that's not what the rule should be. The issue that it was either not written in that way, or it was written in such a weird lawyer jargon that is no way and anyone could interpret it that way,
1: because of how it was written. Well, let me ask it. you. Let me. As we're as we're talking about this, I'm I'm thinking. How do the rules? How do rule changes work? Is that something that has to be ratified by presidents? It has uh, the, to be voted on.
0: Okay, I can I can help with this. The rule because changes that might must be, be
1: voted that on. That might be why they're calling it a clarification. Oh, it is. So it they don't have to go through the whole process. Is. It absolutely is. Um, based
0: off the Big Twelve bylaws, it falls to the 80s as this is the interpretation that falls to the commissioner. Yeah. Okay, so if there's going to be a rule change. If we have to change a rule, not clarify it, we have to have the 80s have to vote on it. If it's a yeah, clarification, that, it is the ADs. That's why it's yeah. not a rule change. That's why it is being handled the way it is. Mm-hmm. My guess is there's no way anyone in their right mind said, yeah, if if, if one team beats the other two, they shouldn't move on. Yeah. Again, common sense. I just think it was written poorly. Uh, I I'm not... I'm still not positive it's a clarification. It may be a clarification of this is what we meant, even though it's not what we said. Um, so we're going to call it that so that we can do this without having to have the 80s vote. Because you're not going to get a unanimous 80 vote, because yeah. why in the world would Kansas State vote for that? Now, after the end of the season, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the quote-unquote clarification is just some, um, you know, uh, CYA speak. I,
0: I, I would, I this is, uh, it's not a good look. It's not a good look for new leadership. Um, Big Twelve is going to do everything they can to move past this as quickly as possible. They don't want to talk about it anymore. They don't want anybody like they want to get past this as fast as they can
1: and move on. Um, What do you mean it's not a good look? You Uh, which regard? In the fact that you're still a young, you are
0: still a young, like administratorship. This is your first big like pissed off your actual like
1: fans. I I guess what what, what I'm asking is: Is it? Are you saying it's not a good look because it happened? Because I mean, that yes, that's true. Are you saying it's not a good look in the way that they're handling it?
0: All of the above.
1: Interesting. See, Uh, I I disagree with the second half of that.
0: But I, I, they've they've done the right thing by fixing to the rule to the way that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. But when since no one's accepting blame for this and it's kind of, it's coming across well, like, Oh, you guys just didn't need, read. The, this, ru- you guys didn't read well, sure. the rule. Right.
1: Sure. But that's a legal thing. Right. Because what if, what if they change the rules, but then the 80s don't vote on it or it's a rule change. And then, Oh, you sues them or something. They then not say, not that they would, but you know, like, Oh, you leave into the sec. What are they got to lose? You know, like, I think it's just a, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change anything for someone to quote unquote, take blame. Uh, Obviously, it was an oversight and just needs to be cleaned up. And taking blame for that does a lot of good sometimes. For what? What's the issue?
0: Because it's making it. Because the way it's being presented and the way it's being perceived is either is that the rule was changed and now you're gaslighting fans and media into believing it's their fault for not understanding it, as opposed to saying like, "Hey, we wrote it bad. This is what it's supposed to be."
2: I I guess I don't understand. understand, Like,
1: who cares about the difference between those two statements? whether it's like clearly they're using that to just CYA because legally that's what they have to say whether or not it's true or not legally that's what they have to say so who cares okay right like like i i, I don't to me it's just not a not a big deal like i mean i don't know why people would get hung up on the semantics of it but whatever okay
0: semantic like I don't I
1: don't I don't get it someone done screwed up well sure oh I mean I don't know if someone screwed up it was just an oversight you know you mm,
0: some, know and someone that needs to someone be... done screwed up because it goes back to had the article that came out on Thursday Saturday never been written it, it would be fine but it did what was said really? is that the Big because Twelve like- said the Big Twelve the article was that the Big Twelve source said that the rule implied that it was not that the, that Oklahoma State does not win the tiebreaker with the head to head because Kansas State and Oklahoma didn't face off. That is the way it was read. That is what it was that is the way that the Big Twelve office, someone from the Big Twelve office told someone in the media, this is what it is. And then they came out and said, Well, it's not that.
1: Sure, and then they said in order to fix it, you know, the lawyers were like, "Hey, we can't actually say that because you know, otherwise we'd have to have this big to do to actually yeah. change it." I mean, I I'm impressed that they fixed it instead of just letting it ride. And then always, then Oklahoma State would have a legitimate argument that they got hosed. I don't think OU fans and Kansas State fans are going to argue that they're getting hosed.
0: Uh, Oklahoma and Kansas State fans are arguing that they're getting yeah. hosed.
1: Okay, well, in the fact that fans will argue anything, but like are they though like an objective fan, is any objective fan of those not of those fan but not of those fan bases going to feel that same way?
0: Like I said, uh the most vocal fan bases are the two that are getting hosed by this clarification. All right. Uh that is enough on that. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Uh, we have games to pick and things to recap. Let's talk about last weekend. We spent too much time on that. I knew we would. Sorry, uh, Daniel, our big winner as we discussed six and two on the week, sir. Hit under sixty one in Kansas, Texas Tech. Hit on the Kansas State minus twenty and a half. Hit on UCF plus two and a half for Oklahoma State. Hit on the over fifty eight in Oklahoma, West Virginia. Hit on the over forty one and a half in BYU, Iowa State, and hit on Northwestern plus. 11 and a half. The misses were Houston minus two versus Cincinnati and Texas minus nine and a half versus TCU six and two on the week. You are now in the lead, sir, at 49 and 42 on the season.
2: I will take it. Um, I think I remember one of those games you talked about, that Iowa state total. I mean, it's easy to sit here now and say I was right. I just remember thinking like 41 is crazy. Like I know BYU couldn't score, but didn't that thing go over with like 10 minutes left in the second quarter? i'm, I'm pretty I, I,
0: sure big iowa state covered the total
2: on their own yeah like it was like end of the first quarter was like 31 points or something it's like okay here we go that was a fun one i'm just still cracking up about emory jones and dana just cooking it up together to see to just to make sure i lose it's like dude it is impossible to win a bet if you involve dana so uh hey let's keep it rolling i gotta not i gotta hold down the lead now i gotta pull a uh I gotta be better than Matt Campbell at, at being at being the hunted. So don't don't
0: don't be a Texas, okay? Don't be a Texas. Uh, Chris came in second this week at three and five. Hit on Kansas State minus twenty and a half. Hit on UCF plus two and a half. And hit on OU minus twelve and a half. The misses were Kansas minus three and a half, Houston minus two. This is what happens when we all agree. I would just I, I would ugh. Uh, Texas minus 9.5, BYU plus 6.5, and, and Oregon minus 14.5. 3-5 on the week, 41-50 and 50 on the season now.
1: Yeah, at this point, Texas owes me money. The amount of times that they have been comfortably covering a spread, just to piss it away in the fourth quarter, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, you win some, you lose some. Uh, this is a rough season for me. It started out great. I absolutely pulled the Texas. So uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, we'll try to pick it
0: up. <laughs> uh, I was the big loser on the week at 2-6, and six, my worst week of the season. Good grief. Uh, hit on the under 61 in Kansas, Texas Tech, and the under 64.5 in UCF, Oklahoma State. Missed on the under 55.5 in Kansas State, Baylor. Kansas State did all of that on their own. Missed on Houston, minus 2, like we all did. Missed on West Virginia, plus 13. Oh, oh, oh I should have... Should have known. Missed on the under 53 and a half on TCU Texas, which was the right read, except TCU scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. Thanks, Texas. I missed on BYU plus six and a half. I I thought maybe going home would help. There, BYU is broken, broken, broken. And uh, missed on Wyoming plus five and a half. That one wasn't close at all. Uh, uh, Non-Big 12s suffer. Two and six. Uh, I am now 46 and 45 on the season. Still above 500, but I need to bounce back if I'm going to catch back up with Daniel. Uh, every week is a new week. Every week we get to start fresh. You guys ready to do this? I'm in. Do it. I'm so glad. I love your attitudes. You guys are great. Uh, all right. We will start with Oklahoma on the road at BYU. This game is a morning game, an 11 a.m. kick, which is wild. Given it's at BYU, a BYU game with Her an 11 a.m. Central Time God's Time kickoff. I think it's like 10 a.m. Mountain
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Time. 10 yeah. Like, oh, you? I mean, hey, it's not an 11 a.m. kickoff. Oh, OU fans have nothing to worry about. <laughs> 10 a.m. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. Uh, it's
0: even earlier. What's this? Uh, but it's not even. It's not earlier for them. Like it's just earlier for BYU. Yeah. Anywho. Okay. What a game. Uh, this one is, of course, in Provo, but no vampires up at. 10 a.m. Oklahoma currently a 24 point favorite total up to 57 in this one Daniel as our big winner what would you like sir
2: you know my my raw line on this game is pretty close so I, I don't like either side I would probably lean towards Oklahoma on the side here but this looks like another total that's just a little bit low and it's involving two teams last week where the total seemed low We've got great football weather, right? I mean, it looks clear, you know, it's not going to be freezing cold or anything, almost no wind, no precipitation. Um, and what's interesting too, we also have a total where the Sharps have stayed away. What do I mean by that? Uh, this thing opened at 57 and it has not been bet down through the key number of 56, which which tells me. You know, smart groups aren't jumping all over this and, and and thinking this is too high of a number. I'm leading to the over here. Shoot, Oklahoma put up 59 on their own last week. BYU, I mean, Iowa State did the work, but BYU was a part of that over as well. I th- Yeah, I mean, this is 57. There might be one or two stray 56 and a halves, but this looks like a, a, a true 57 across the board. So give me that over.
0: Let's see. Who is that? Mirage has a 56 and a half. Man, trying to man. see if I can find another one. Uh FanDuel has a 56 and a half.
2: God bless them. Let's go.
0: I like it.
1: I like it. Chris? Yeah. I mean, BYU, they're in trouble. Will is Slovis going to be healthy? Is he going to play? I don't know. This is tough. The FEI has this line right at 23.8. So right there with uh with the actual line, I think what I look at here, and we looked at last week against Iowa State at home, and Iowa State covered this line, right? Um, That's that's tough. And you look at BYU, and they're just 3-7 against the spread, and they're 2-3 at home against the spread. Below 500 at home, not a good look. I'm a little concerned that OU coming off this West Virginia game, which was surprisingly chippy. Stupid, chippier than, than Bedlam, actually. Super weird. Something West Virginia gets under OU's skin. Um, we'll see how they, you know, there's, I don't think there'd be a down, but it's weird because that game, that game was just surprisingly intense uh, there in Norman, and now they go on the road. But I think OU has this. I think uh, BYU is just, they're in trouble. It's not going well for them. even the Sooners to cover the lowest line I can get up at. Uh, 24.
0: I've got 24 and a All half, right. so I've got 24s. I can give you minus 24. Perfect. Okay. I, I think Oklahoma probably covers this one. They probably do. Uh, Hey, BYU fans, remember when you guys were talking about moving off of Keaton Slovis? well, you got your wish. How's it going? Remember how I told you like the only reason that BYU even had five wins was because of Keaton Slovis and you had to live with the ups and downs of Keaton Slovis. Well, now you don't have him. You've got a different guy and BYU has completely fallen off of a cliff. Uh, The defense, which was playing okay to start the season has gotten bad and the offense, which couldn't run the ball now can't do much of anything. And so you've gone from like, okay, to like bad, bad, bad. Keen Slovis is out um, because of shoulder and elbow injuries. Uh, not sure if he's going to play this week or not, even if he does. Uh, uh, Kalani Sataki said that Slovis practiced last week and was, quote, available to play in an emergency situation, which is what he was the week before. Uh, he's still banged up, not 100% yet. Um, I don't know if he's going to play this week or not. I'm not sure he's going to be healthy enough. Even if he does, that it's going to matter. Oklahoma should cover it, but I don't. I don't. I don't like betting a line that big. I just don't. I, I don't care. Um, maybe he's playing Baylor.
1: Interesting little bit here because it is. A, it's a big line. I was just looking at it while you were speaking. BYU hasn't covered twenty twenty four points in the last three games.
0: And what's interesting, Daniel, is Tishu Room forty four and SP Plus all project this to go under. Uh, it worked with the Iowa State last week because it was forty-one. And Fifty-six is a big number. That's like Oklahoma might do it on their own. It does require BYU to lose a little bit. So if we think BYU scores two touchdowns, that's fourteen points. OU's got to put up what
2: forty-three. Um, yeah, for the over to hit. I mean, again, I don't know. Hey, you know, that's I mean, that's how I'm capping this game. I mean, yeah. look at what uh, look what Oklahoma's. Given up to people for the last five weeks now, right? It's like they're giving up points and they're scoring points just seems low. It's like, you know, 56, that's, you know, that's a moderate total 57. You know, it's not a high total in college football. And we could easily, I don't know. No one would be surprised if Oklahoma won, you know, 49, 17, or something like that. 48, 14.
0: I think I'm with you here. I think the over is going to hit. I don't like big totals. I don't like big spreads. I'd rather go with the total. At this point, BYU's fallen off a cliff. I don't trust their defense. Um, I'm going to ride with you. Um, I'll take the over as well. My only fear is that BYU doesn't score somehow. (laughs) Like, it it actually gets worse at 11 a.m. And OU puts up like 50 points on their own. It still can't get there, but I'll ride with you on the total. We'll take the over together. We'll, 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 we'll jump off this cliff at the same time. All right. Uh, let's move on. West Virginia facing off against Cincinnati in a game. That's not a rivalry. Don't, don't say it's a rivalry game. Don't ever, don't ever say that. That's not what this is. Uh, this one's going to be in Morgantown. It's her first game appearing against each other since the West, the big East fell apart from a football standpoint. I am excited for this one. They they can say it's not a rivalry all they want. I, I think this one should be. We need to get this thing a trophy. Is there, is there a trophy? West Virginia fans. I don't know. Uh, total in this or spread in this one is West Virginia by six and a half. Uh, I think I see a seven out there. Maybe totals at fifty four and a half. Chris, you're up first. What would you like?
1: Yeah, the rivalry makes this a little bit interesting. You know. Um, no, no, don't say it's a rivalry. They
0: don't like when you call it a rivalry. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, on paper, the, everything tells me West Virginia. Um, they're only 6-4 against the spread, but Cincinnati is only four and six. But where West Virginia shines is at home in Morgantown. They're four and one against the spread in Morgantown, and the line at six and a half, about right there. Uh, projection FEI has it at eleven point six. Some value there. At almost two scores for West Virginia. I'm going to take the Mountaineers to cover this in an intense game, but I just don't think Cincinnati is going to be able to keep up uh, on the road. Give me West Virginia.
0: Uh, Cincinnati, you know, got their first win on the road in Houston last week. Thanks, Dana. Appreciate that one. Um, but look, I, say, I think that's
1: more of a Houston comment. Yeah, that was, that was, a, I'm going to take comment.
0: as many opportunities to jab at Houston as I can. And Dana Homerson we'll talk about him in a minute. Oh man, Dana. Oh, I appreciate you. You content, content generating machine. This being below seven, like I'm so glad it's not West Virginia minus seven. If there's best Virginia minus seven, I'd be on the total. That hook makes such a difference to me. I'm going to ride with you. West Virginia minus six. And
1: We're just teeing Daniel up. We can't be doing this. It's too late in the season to give Daniel this. It's
2: done. It's uh, done. I, I'm not. I'm not going opposite of you guys on this one. We no all gonna agree out. and go down together. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm taking. I'm, I'm. going total here. Am I up? Yeah, go. Yeah, for am it. my turn to run this. Um, look, maybe, maybe this is the old, you know, stereotypical Big Twelve of like 15 years ago that everyone still remembers. This is another total where, like, it's probably about right right now, but it it opened, I think, at 15 and a half. Circa opened it at 15 and a half. I don't know where FanDuel opened this, but uh, this was bet up immediately, uh, and I agree with that. I probably won't have any real money in this situation come Saturday morning, but this total feels a little low. I mean, 31-24, that's West Virginia, and that also gets us over. Uh, Again, we've probably got 54 and a half from most places maybe – a stray 54. If Mirage and FanDuel are the only two guys, you know, hanging off numbers all for every single game. Uh we won't take them after the first one. But um yeah, this is another over. Cincinnati past two weeks. UCF, they scored. They're able to score against Houston. Um, uh, West Virginia has been able to score, and it's gonna continue for both of these teams. I don't know who's gonna cover. I think West Virginia probably wins and covers, but I'm rolling with the over here. This thing gets into the high 50s, low 60s. 54 is just too low of a total for these two teams right now.
0: Yeah, Caesars has a 54.
2: Yeah, 54 flat. Take that.
0: Yep. You can have it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I liked it before. My concern is Cincinnati will score 24 points, right? Yeah, they should be able to do that, maybe. Which means defense to take a step back. All right. Uh, we go to an actual rivalry game in the Big 12. TCU versus Baylor. The Revivalry. We are not calling it the Blue Bonnet Battle. All right? You can bring him home, Mom, but I'm not going to call him Dad. This is the Revivalry. It will always be the Revivalry. It will never be the Blue Bonnet Battle. And the only thing worse than the name is that godforsaken trophy, if you want to call it that, that thing needs to be dropped. I don't care who wins. Find a body of water to drop it in on the way home, somewhere along the path, okay? Just re- destroy that thing. Light it on fire. It's awful, 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 awful. Just like this game's probably going to be on Saturday. Y'all, Baylor is bad, like bad, 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 bad. Uh, Dave Aranda needs to get a good performance out of this team, if not this week, the next week. They've got TCU in West Virginia. Because while I believe, and I've, I've listened and read more, while I believe that the administration really does want to keep him and give him the opportunity to make changes to get things going, Aranda is making that more and more difficult every single week. And last week, I don't think you could have asked for a worse performance from Baylor than what they gave against Kansas State last week. And I understand Kansas State stomping bad teams, like it was fit, final score is fifty nine to twenty five and it wasn't that close of a game. Baylor's got a little quit factor in him, it looks like, and I think the players still like Dave Aranda. I, I, the administration likes him. I think people like him. But you, if you lose the team, and you've already lost the fan base, like the boosters, better be really behind him, because it's getting to a point where I'm not sure he can stay around much longer. Okay. Baylor hasn't had... Here's a fun fact for you. Baylor hasn't had to make a coaching change because of an on-the-field performance since they fired Guy Morris all the way back in 2007. The last few guys have been, he who shall not be named, uh, Jim Grobe, who filled in for a year, and then what's his name who left for the NFL and is now in Nebraska, whose name just completely and totally escaped me for some reason. Uh, like... It's been a while since Baylor's been so bad at football, you had to fire the head coach because he couldn't win games. That is the level of expectation at Baylor right now. Like, that's just, that's what it is. You're not going to a bowl game, you're three and seven, and I don't think Baylor is a five and seven bowl candidate, so like, there's no bowl game this year. Three of your four years in Waco have been mediocre to bad. I understand he's got the big title, and I'm all for Dave Aranda, but he's got to do something in this game. Like they have to be competitive and look like they're still fighting in this game. And I I forget who I was. It's one of the Baylor guys I was listening to who made the best point is when you want to see if a team is quit. It's not that they don't show up. It's that they don't, they don't go after the blues ball quite as hard. They, They don't want to chase the running back quite as much. They don't want to hit quite as hard, right? Like they get hit in the mouth early and they're not, they're not interested in getting hit again. Just, see how this that that's kind of what they look like against Kansas State let's see how this team looks against TCU on Saturday uh, because I'm very very interested in what's going to happen to Baylor now as far as this game goes right now TCU is a 13 point favorite unless I, I hadn't given the numbers yet Uh total is at 59 I know it's a Raveler game I'm concerned about quit factor It's dropped below two touchdowns. I think 13 is the best I can do. I don't think there's anything lower than that anywhere. I'm scrolling. Oh, all right. I need two two of you, not just one. I need two of you so I can fight Daniel on this. Uh, I've got one FanDuel at 12 and a half. I've got uh, a... Who is that? Who is that? Mirage. Uh-oh. Two things Daniel doesn't like to hear. FanDuel and Mirage. Um... God, I want to I want a 12 and a half so bad here. I
2: do. I'll, I'll give it to you. I mean, that's oh, a that's a funky that? number so MGM. Yeah,
0: take it. MGM. has got a 12 and a half.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, we're you're live. You're good.
0: Perfect. TCU minus 12 and a half. I just I I this like what would give you any faith that Baylor has anything left to give this season? Cuz I I after last week, I don't know how this team even gets back onto a field again. Daniel. Well,
2: I sort of see this as like ECU is a two-touchdown favorite over anybody right now that's not a D2 school. (laughs) I mean, their last six weeks, they're one and five, and their only win was just, you know, I'm going to call it sort of a weird blowout against BYU. I mean, great. They rallied against Texas. Love it. But it's, I don't know, stomped by Kansas State. Lost to West Virginia you know, handled by Iowa State, Texas Tech. And now I'm supposed to expect that we have this coach who in theory is, I mean, these guys are playing for their jobs every week, but, uh, you know, I think we can agree. Aranda really needs to have something come together here in these last few weeks of the season for him. So I'm just hard pressed to think that TCU is going to come out and come win this thing by, you know, 14, 17, 20 points or something like that. And Hey, if, if, the staff has completely lost the team at Baylor and nobody cares. and None of these kids want to play that. I'm wrong, but it just feels like in this situation, that number is absolutely way too high asking TCU to cover a conference game in a rivalry game of give me Baylor 13 points.
1: Yeah. I I'm with you, Daniel. I mean, you have, this game was won by a point last year, two points the year before that. Um it's typically a pretty close back and forth, regardless of how the teams are doing. Um it's been a TCU has gotten a blowout a couple of times a few years ago, but this just doesn't feel like a TCU team that's capable of blowing out anybody. Uh even Baylor. And and Baylor's not they're down, but they're not just completely apt. I mean, they can score, they can put points on the board. Um the line and the fbi the efficiency like line is they're right on the money they're basically even i wanted to check you guys where did this open at because what i see open at is tc by four and it bloomed out to 12 and a half
2: well let's see here circa opened it at 13. okay yeah that makes sense okay so that's just a false open uh yeah. you know like some of these sites are now reporting you know, some of these books just sort of go rogue out on the road. Mm-hmm. And I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They'll put mm-hmm. a number out and they'll literally take, you know, they open, let's just say TCU minus four, and like they'll take a hundred dollar bet and then move it to seven to see what happens. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And then it's like yeah. they'll allow $200 to come in to sort of try to shape it. These guys that open it really early. So, really, if you're looking for openers, still the standard is circa. You know, if you're looking for like a true opener. Of, yeah. of where a game started.
1: Nice. Okay. I mean, that makes because I was like, "Wow, that's insane." I think CC gets the win here. I just, I'm not convinced. It's, I, I, I don't. I'm going to take BYU. Right? I think this is closer than, uh, than two scores. So yeah, I'll, I'll take BYU here. Baylor. Oh, Baylor. You are taking, taking, taking Baylor. Yeah. No, I want to take BYU. Oh. <laughs> Wow! Yes, it's late, guys. Baylor. Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, let me see the on the field.
0: That's uh, that's good. That's good. Uh, one thing everyone will take is a new T-shirt, sweater, or hoodie from Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Vintage is prior clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off your school spirit all football, basketball, baseball, softball season long. They have stuff for every Big 12 fan. Except Cincinnati, they do have Colorado. That's part of the more than 30 schools that they have to choose from. They've got some fantastic stuff. The UCF launch that they just did was fantastic. I believe that uh, Houston fans should keep an eye on the site for a little bit longer. A little bit longer. The, The varsity jackets are incredible. I just got the Big 12 Kansas City Skyline shirt that I'm very excited to have. Should be arriving any day now. I cannot wait to have that one. Have a little big... 12 Pride, a little big 12 apparel. Gonna be just pumped to be rocking that one. You can go check out everything they have. Use the promo code 101215 T-E-N 1215 for 15% off all non-sale items. Something for you, something for family or friends. Christmas is almost here. Buying some really cool gear that they're gonna be excited to have. You're gonna be excited to have as well. So you remember that promo code 101215, 15% off all non-sale items. Go to CharlieHustle.com. Charlie Hustle Vintage Made Fresh. One fan base that could definitely use a little bit of fresh right now would be Oklahoma State after what happened last week in Orlando. They are looking to rebound on the road at Houston. This one. Road game for OSU. going to be an interesting game to see at Houston. 3 p.m. ESPN 2 on Saturday. At the moment, Oklahoma State is roughly a 7-point favorite uh, total. 60. I do see some 59 and a half if that's something that piques your interest. Daniel, you're up first, sir. What would you like?
2: Uh, interesting. When I was looking at this game, uh, any time a team gets blown out, I-, I like to go take a look at uh, how does a coach respond, right? Like, what happens? Um, I sort of, you know, blowouts can mean different things depending on the level of competition. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, UCF, Oklahoma State – They're, we'll say, equal teams, Um, meaning it's not like a team that Bama blew out and they're playing, you know, some D3 school. So, um, Gundy, off getting blown out, 24 or more points in a loss. He is 1-6 against the spread the following week. Uh, That really surprised me. Oftentimes, um, historically, teams do very well um, off blowout losses, and to see that Gundy was that bad against the spread – uh, after getting rocked, um, excuse me, and that's as a visitor. That's if he gets blown out and then has to go on the road as a visitor. The other part about that is um, it's profitable to fade ranked teams off blowouts. So, you know, you have two different things going on here. You have Gundy, who doesn't handle them well going on the road, and then it's a profitable spot when you have uh, a ranked team that's a favorite. It's just, that's it. If they lost by, excuse me, if they lost by two touchdowns or more, just fade them the next week and it's a profitable spot. It it happens way less than you think, but uh, you know, it hits at like 63% against the spread for both of those different angles. we got a matched up here. So I absolutely cannot believe that I'm about to make a losing pick. And I'm just taking Houston cold Dana plus seven. Do not do this to me this week, man. (laughs) Don't do me like you did last week, Dana. Let's go. Houston, plus seven. Let's roll. We're fading Gundy. Chris? Okay,
1: this is, uh, yeah, I mean, everything you said, right? Like, I don't I don't have any faith in Gundy, and that's not from looking at data. That's just from my <laughs> gut feeling of watching Oklahoma State for years and years and years. It's, listen, it was a little bit of a comeback to reality last week, and in I, I get what you're saying about the blowout thing. UCF is UCF if they play that game ten more times. Are they 45 to three better than Oklahoma State? No, clearly not. That game got away from Oklahoma State. But that's also kind of an indictment on the coaching staff. Like, why did that game get away from them? They weren't ready. When you knew coming off of Bedlam, that obviously the letdown was a factor, and you failed to keep your team focused. You failed, um, despite everybody in the world. Knowing that that letdown was coming, you failed to prevent it, and then I mean, it looked like they were playing in, in molasses UCF was so much faster on the field. Plumlee was lighting it up. UCF receivers were just running free. Oklahoma State couldn't block. They couldn't. They couldn't do anything. It was just a terrible game all the way around. Do I think that's that that's fixed this week? I don't know. This kind of feels like. You know, they beat OU, then they have the best road to the end of the season. They look like all of a sudden a lock for the Big Twelve tile game. It would just be quintessential that Oklahoma State doesn't get to the title game be by even though they're in the driver's seat right now with the tie break and everything. Um Dana, I mean, there's the he wants to beat his old boss, right? Like Holgerson used to be on the sidelines with Gundy before going to West Virginia. You know, and And I don't think there's like any animosity or anything there, but I think Dana would like to beat Gundy. And uh, I don't know if you ever want to put your faith in Dana, but I'm going to take Houston. I don't, just for putting it out there, FEI actually likes Oklahoma State by closer to 10 points, but I, I need to see it first. Give me Houston. All
0: right. So we're talking about Houston UCF, right? Wait, no, that's not right. It's supposed to be Oklahoma State Houston, right? Not not Houston, UCF. Yes. So then why is Dana going on a radio show this week and talking about UCF? Quote, Central Florida's got those uniforms because last week was Space Week. I don't know what the heck they are, but they are some blue unis, some Space City thing. I thought we were Space City. Quote, the launch pad is like 45 minutes away from UCF. It's not close. They don't say, Orlando, we got a problem. Why on God's green earth is Dana Holgerson talking about UCF, who they play next week, when he's supposed to be preparing for Oklahoma State this week. Why is he getting a space race battle conversation going about next week's opponent, the week he's supposed to play Oklahoma State? Oh, by the way, did you know that Matthew Golden, the receiver who's out for the rest of the season or whatever, I think he got hurt, uh, he's been getting some six-figure deal offers from, from, from big schools. Coming off a loss to Cincinnati, Dana's doing his Dana thing and talk about anything and everything he can th- to distract anyone from the fact that Dana is not good again. Like, I just, I don't, uh, uh, uh what? W- w- what? It would be the most Dana thing and the most Gundy thing. I guess it'd be the most Dana thing to win this game. I understand that stat. To me, it's also more Gundy to be, like, in my mind, it's more Gundy to, like, now nah, we're going to go win this game big. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, that. there's, you, that is a game last week where you throw out the t- game footage. like We're just not even going to watch it. We're just moving on to Houston. We're not even going to review it because there's nothing to review. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. You were physically and emotionally just beat up from the week before. You were on the road at a team who that Look, UCF treats the space game the way Oklahoma State treats homecoming. If you want to understand the emotional investment that fan base and program has to that. OC- UCF had a great game plan and they executed it to perfection. Oklahoma State's offensive line, despite playing great for five weeks in order and the win streak, is beat up. They, like everything, it was bad game. Period. End of story. Absolute worst possible thing that happened. Oh, and then a monsoon showed up and the ball was described as really heavy uh, and like holding a, a wet bar of soap. So real quick, I'm not trying to defend Oklahoma State's performance. Like, it was a bad game. This isn't a like, well, it was actually closer than the final score indicated. Like, no, UCF flat out beat Oklahoma State. They executed the game plan perfectly. They functioned better in a bad situation. Once Oklahoma State was down big, they couldn't even try to figure out how to run the ball because they're down too big. You can't – it just – everything that could go wrong went wrong. It was an utter disaster for Oklahoma State. I'm throwing the tape out. I'm not going to pick Oklahoma State in this spot. Where I am going to do is look at a total of 60 and go, what?
1: <laughs> no, give me the under 60. All right. So real quick, how, what do you make of Oklahoma State not having rain gear? They,
0: they that was, they, they did. That's been clarified. Somebody put that out there oh, okay. and everyone hooked onto it. And everybody who came out and tried to correct it, like they I did. They did. Okay. they did. The Gundy had some other comment about it. It's like, they just didn't want to get a bunch of stuff out. Yada, 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 like it was already so bad. It didn't matter. And the problem We're was, like, things guys. are wet. Well, also, like, you're already... Like, it is a monsoon. No, like, rain no, gear's yeah. not doing was, anything to yeah, help you. Like, as soon as no, you get on the no. field, everything's soaked. The ball's soaked. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, no, they had rain gear. But that... It was a... Yeah. Uh, okay. Moving on. Speaking of UCF, they are at home, again, in Orlando. I'm feeling real good. No, they're on the road. I'm sorry. I have it written down as... It's fine. It's whatever we are doing. Really UCF. Well this going, week. We're doing fine, sir. We're doing better than Oklahoma State did in Orlando. UCF on the road at Texas Tech in Lubbock, 4 p.m. kickoff on FS2. I always forget that FS2 exists until the team has to get their game on there, and it's like, oh, okay, weird. Uh, at the moment, Texas Tech, a two and a half point favorite. I see some. Uh, I see. A, I see some weird lines out there. We'll talk about them if we need to. The total. Is 60. Again, some weird lines out there if anybody is of interest in that. Uh, Chris, you're up first, sir. What would you like?
1: Yeah, I mean, you see how they're looking good. They uh, Listen, they played in the same conditions that Oklahoma State did, right? And they got a big win. Like I said, Plumlee looking great. Texas Tech, you know, they're doing pretty well themselves. Beat TCU, beat Kansas on the road uh, in a low scoring game. You know, it's, it's good to see Texas Tech kind of win those kind of games, too. It's... uh Man, both teams fighting for that sixth win. They're both five and five. This is tough. Uh, The line is two and a half, I think, is what you said. The projection is, you know, 2.1. It's right there. Uh, On the road, though, I think if there's an edge here, UCF typically doesn't play as well on the road. There's one and four against the spread on the road. Uh, The fact that this is... In Lubbock, I like it a little bit more. Uh, uh 4 p.m. kickoff, a little weird. weird. It'll get dark. You know, It'll be under the lights a little bit. Uh Give me mean, Texas Tech to get this one.
0: Yeah, I think two and a half is the best I'm going to find for you. I'm yeah. looking for a two. I don't see a... Yeah,
1: I, I I think there might be a little letdown factor. Like you said, that, that space race game, that does mean a lot for... For UCF a space game uh, what are they, they call it space race or just space it's just it's
0: just it's just the space game
1: space
0: game no I guess kind a cool chance. concept though no it's great okay. it makes sense for them um yeah. yeah look I'm not gonna use what UCF did last week and apply it to this week I'm just not um I'm'm I'm, I'm very interested in the total here uh, because I can see this game going both ways Texas Tech has been awful in one score games this year, remember last year they were like four and zero. This year, I think they were one and or two and two and four now. Let's see, one, two and 0, 2 and one. I'm, I'm not doing want to do math right now. Um, point is, Texas Tech Tech's not been great in one score games, but this is a big game for both. In fact, I would argue it's a bigger game for Texas Tech. Both teams are five and five. Both teams are one win away from both eligibility. For UCF, you're on the road at Texas Tech. But guess what you get next week? A home game against Dana in Orlando. What does Texas Tech have next week? A road game at Texas to close out the regular season. This is a bigger game from a, we got to get a bowl game for Texas Tech than it is for UCF. I think Texas Tech's the right side here. But you know what? I think 60 is too many points. I just, I, I just feel like it is. I feel like this will be a lower scoring, like a like the what do we uh, don't make me I'm going do math. I hate doing math right now. Uh 31 24 kind of game. Like I just I think sixty's too much. I'm gonna take the under sixty. I'm gonna do two at under sixties in a row. That's that's where I feel better. I think Texas Tech's the right side, but I feel better with the total. Daniel?
2: This is a tough game. It's a very tough game to cap. I mean, if you just look at it at the surface, this screams Texas Tech. I mean, not even have to cover three. UCF coming off the big win. Texas Tech needing to find a win somewhere. Um, Everything about the eye test in this situation, yeah, it, it, it tells me Red Raiders. My raw number, meaning neutral field, would be UCF minus one. This is tough. This is a coin flip game. This is a coin flip game where I look at this and say Texas tech is going to cover. So for that reason, I'm going to take UCF at plus two and a half because I'm going to go with my raw number and I'm going to ignore It's like, I'm just going to fade my, my opinion in here. Like this just seems like a spot that just seems too easy. It just seems like, Oh yeah. UCF had the blowout. Now they're going to go on the road. Texas tech only has to win by, by three. All of that setup just seems too easy. Um uh, yeah. And too easy just is not a spot that we cash as betters. So it tells me that, that 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 line of thinking is incorrect. Going with the numbers, UCF plus two and a half.
0: MGM and Mirage have threes.
2: That's a huge three. If you're that's up to you to give that away. I mean, the difference between two and a half and a three is a is a big deal in this spot i'll give so, you
0: th- I'll give you a three
2: hey, I will take it hand it over
0: I'll give you a three uh okay we've got one more big twelve game on the schedule, and it is i mean i that i I dare say they saved the best game for last for the big twelve this week no we have two I've lied. Uh, uh, you know what it is what it is uh i can't believe i thought there was my one this is what happens i'm looking at my notes i'm going to my notes okay and somehow i scrolled up on my notes uh because i would never forget the sunflower showdown the sunflower showdown kansas in lawrence hosting kansas state Mm. this one's gonna be fun perhaps kansas state a road favorite of eight points Total around 56 and a half. Kansas State has won 14 in a row. They've covered in four straight and 11 of the last 14 in this game. Kleiman is 52 and 23 against the spread as a head coach. Kansas State is absolutely rolling. And despite the coach speak we're hearing from Lance Leipold, I would be shocked if Jason Bean isn't the starting quarterback for Kansas on Saturday I am going to keep saying it. Jalen Daniels will not play for Kansas again this season. If he plays in a bowl game in like late December, like, and you want to come at me, fine. Whatever. I don't think that's going to happen. Also, like you should let Jason Bean do it because it's his last season. And if he's going to play this much of the year that he deserves to be the starting quarterback for the bowl game, I think that's fair. Anywho, eight points is big, but like Kansas state's on a roll. And, I know this is a rivalry game. I know it's a big game, and maybe Kansas gets in their game. I think Kansas State's the right side. I keep looking at that 56 and a half. And I I look at that and say, really? Like Kansas defense has played fairly well the last few weeks, right? Like Kansas defense kept them in that game last week despite the loss to Texas Tech. You had to go to the third string quarterback. And you only gave up 16 points to Texas Tech. You held Iowa State to 21, Oklahoma to 33. They've done a pretty good job these last three weeks, I would say. Ever since the loss to Oklahoma State, I think Kansas' defense has played fairly well. Kansas State's defense has been lights out. Their offense has been absolutely rolling. But in this game, I think points are going to matter. I think the total is too low. I think Kansas State covers this. Man, I'm so torn between the over and Kansas State. Over Kansas State. Over Kansas State. State. Which one do I want? I want... (sighs) I need a magic eight ball. Or just a... I'm going to roll some... I just had some dice I could roll. Because I like Bo Othmich. I like Kansas State to cover the spread. And I like the over. Give me the over. I'm going to take a bunch of totals this week. Um... I just, I, I think it's too low. What's the best total I can get right now? Let's take a look. Let's see. Let's see. Um, 56 and a half. 56 and a half. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's 56 and a half. It's 56 and a half. Yeah, unless there's a. it's 56 and a half. There's no 56s. Let's just say that. All right, over 56 and a half. I think, I think Kansas State's offense is going to continue to, to play really well. I think they're going to put up quite a few points. I think Kansas. I think Kansas is going to find a way to score quite a few, even as well as this Kansas State defense is playing. Like this is such a big game, I think Kansas will have some stuff they've been saving for this game. I I think the totals. I think the, the over taking on this one,
2: Daniel. Um, I I got to go back to raw numbers here. It is a rivalry game. This is a tough cap. I, I I lean with you on the over, and so do sharps. This thing has been bent up a little bit on the total. Um, I've got this number closer to K State minus twelve. of I weigh teams a little heavier in the back half of the season than I do at the beginning. Um uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm giving K state a little more credit for, you know, a blowout of Houston, a blowout of TCU. I know they played to the number against Texas, but they played really well. And I think they should have even won that game. I'm going to roll with Kansas state here to cover this number. Um, I just think it's a little bit short. I don't think the home field advantage is going to be much of anything. You know, I know the crowd's going to be into it stuff, but like this isn't some unknown trip for K-State. So uh, I think there are some seven and a halves out there. And that's been bet out too. I mean, this opened at a flat seven. Money's come in on K-State since the open where we have seven and a half and eights now. Um uh, I, wow. I can't find Go a seven ahead. and a half anywhere. Um is bet online not hanging one right now? Bet US? No. Okay. Eight. I mean, eight flats fine.
0: Yeah. That, that's, I mean, yeah. I'm seeing some eight and a half, which means this line might be going up still. So
2: get your eight. While Flat eight. Flat eight. Give it to me. K State. Chris?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I like where, where Daniel's at with it. I mean, you guys have pretty much summed this up. Now, I agree that Jalen Daniel Daniels is probably not going to play. I, I don't see that happening at this point in the season, but I'm also not sure that Bean's going to play. I know that you know they said they were he was optimistic that Bean would play, but Bean wasn't practicing. It's a head injury, you know. You don't is it worth messing around with that? I don't know. Kansas State, um, even without the questions on whether or not how healthy both quarterbacks are going to be. Kansas State is favored. Uh, yeah, FBI likes them by more than the line here. So I'm going to take Kansas State. Uh, yeah, that's it. You all.
0: Yeah, we all should have agreed so we could have won together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what did you say you had the line at? Ooh. Minus eight. Minus eight. Oh.
0: You're getting eight. I'm i I'm, I'm looking I'm at it's... eight and a half's popping up more and more like this line's going on.
1: Yeah, I had it at eight and a half, so I love it.
0: No, you get an eight. All right, now the last game of the Big 12 this weekend. And it is the most impactful game to me. Like Kansas State, Kansas can be impactful. Iowa State, Texas. Ooh. Big, big game. Big, big, big game in this one. Especially for, like, there is a chance we have a five-way tie again next week. If Iowa State pulls this one off. Just let that one sink in for just a second. Going into last week of the season, we could have a five-way tie. I mean, I think the the gods of chaos in college football demand such a thing to happen. We'll see what happens. It aims under the lights, 7 o'clock on Fox. Iowa State hosting the Texas Longhorns. At the moment, where did it go? Texas is a a 7.5 point favorite total. Is it 47? A couple 47 and a half, if that's of interest to you. Daniel, you'll look first, sir. What would you like?
2: This might be a situation where I get involved with some real money. Um, This is pure Joe public here. And I know this line has even been bet down, but like. This number seems so low to me. Like, ah, really? 47 points. And with Texas sitting at minus seven and a half. So, I mean, this final is going to be 2720 or something like that. Like. That feels too low for both teams. And uh, can I, it's Can I give you
0: some insight there. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Jump in. Uh, you don't want to save it,
2: your. You don't want to save to read off your numbers, or is this a good segue? No. I'll, it's. A, I'll,
0: I'll let. I'll let. You, I'll give you this one. I'm gonna give you this because um, I have this. Um, here's why I think this total is so low. I think Vegas has kind of learned its lesson. The under has hit an eight straight in the series. Okay. Here are the totals. The point totals. The last eight years of this game starting in 2015 24 33 24 34 44 43 37 45 vegas has finally learned its lesson and set this at an appropriate total
2: based off the history of this series so you're saying the over is due (laughs) It kind of feels like right isn't that how like does the trend
1: continue or are you saying that once everyone notices the trend the trend goes away it's the
0: old like as soon as you say so and so is on a this team is on a 12-0 scoring run. Other team immediately hits a basket.
2: Uh well, I mean, you know, you, you you clenched it for me. So uh give me give me the over 47. Layup. Layup, dude. this this thing will be hit halfway through the third quarter.
1: Layup. Just to put it out there, FBI has the, the total at
2: 39.2. Oh, even better. They're gonna hit this by half. Love it.
1: Chris. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm tired of betting on Texas. But I don't know, man. Iowa State, this, I, I get what you're saying, Phillip, but Iowa State's wins are, you know, BYU, then they lost to Kansas, then Baylor and Cincinnati. Not exactly murder, row. you know? How good is Iowa State right now? I think they might be a little inflated. And In Texas, I just, I, I continue to believe that Texas is a very, very good football team. They're just not living up to their potential at the end of games. They get a big lead, and they just kind of coast the end of the game. And it gets a little close sometimes, but, um, you know, they just keep putting up Ws. So, But I I think – I keep thinking that this is the week that Texas just is tired of messing around, and they're just going to play a complete game and put it out there. Uh, if they don't do it this week, then I just I don't know. Maybe they're they're not as good as I think, but I'm gonna ride with them one more time. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. They do. They're due. Looks like
0: seven and a half is the best I can do for you.
1: All right. I mean on paper this they should, that should be an easy cover. We'll see.
0: I mean, look, SP Plus, Room 44, t K-Ford, they all agree with you. Texas should be a double-digit favorite in this game. Um, Texas hasn't covered in three straight in this series. Iowa State is 6-2-2 two, two against the spread since 2017 as a home dog 1-1 one one this season. The loss was, of course, to Iowa back early on. Uh, Texas currently is 110th in passing success allowed in the last four games. Iowa State's passing offense is clicking very well. Um, reminder – I don't know if I've said this on this show. Texas has blown leads of 20 or more in three of the last four games this season. Also, losing Jonathan Brooks is bad. Texas is leading rusher out for the season with an ACL injury. He's going to get surgery. The drop-off from one to two is not like last year. Last year, you went from Bijan to Roshan, and Roshan is in the NFL. He's very good. The drop-off from Jonathan Brooks to Keelan Johnson, C.J. Baxter, um, Jaden Blue, none of those are Roshan Johnson. So the backup is not going to come in and just be like, yeah, you're good. Add that to the fact, and I've been saying this for a while, and it's, it's why I like Iowa State in this game, Texas still can't finish drives. They struggle to score touchdowns when they get past the opponent's 40. It's not going to be easier for them now if they don't have their best running back. And they're going up against an Iowa State secondary. I think it's still pretty good. And it's healthy. Like, it's healthy. Jack tries under the lights. Texas has been playing with fire week after week after week after week. Now you got to go to Iowa State probably for the last time ever. Because I don't see Texas scheduling Iowa State in non-conference ever at all. In a November night game under the lights, it's less about Iowa State and more about like, Texas has given us no reason to trust them. Now you're going into a game without your starting running back. Everything That means there's that much more on your quarterback's shoulders. And I'm still not sure you didn't rush him back a little bit for a team that can't close big leads and a team that can't score touchdowns. Once they get across the opponent's 40, they settle for field goals or turnovers or turnover on downs. The hook is beautiful. It's a beautiful hook. Give me Iowa State plus seven and a half.
1: When was the last time Texas beat or Iowa State beat Texas?
0: Uh, they did it at, three uh, years in a row, and then Texas won last year. Oh
1: wow!
0: Like Texas finally right. won last year after losing three straight to Iowa State.
1: Yeah, I see. Okay, I was looking at the the mm-hmm. history there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Now look. Sometimes as an still... Oklahoma State fan, I wonder are we just overrating Jacks' right? No. No, you know. No, you're not. Of, like it's it's own history that team, but
0: it's a pain. Well, uh it's also a rivalry series between Iowa State and Oklahoma State. But um yeah. Look, it's it's hard to go play there. It's tough. I don't know, like I state can't run the ball and Texas is great against the run. So I, I like that. but I just this feels like to Texas having another hiccup. Yeah. Like well, just Texas hasn't won in
1: Jack Trice since 2017
0: all right we wrap this up with our non big 12 picks any game anything you want from any non big 12 game chris you're up first sir you got first dibs uh i'm gonna start scrolling to find coastal carolina now while you start talking
1: john then. that's that's hilarious that's my pick this week (laughs) you know i gotta go I, i i wasn't really seeing anything i like coastal carolina at army you know, I really don't like picking military school games because they're just kind of weird. Um, they're low scoring, they're boring. It's whatever. Uh, but coastal they're seven and three against the spread. And here's the weird thing. Here's here's why I'm riding with coastal this week. Four and one on the road against the spread. Army only one and four at home against the spread. That, that's bad. At home, you're not I mean win-loss trigger is one thing, but against the spread, not to do well um fei likes coastal by a, a little bit just a slight edge against the line so we're going to ride a, with the coastal there this week
0: all right daniel i'll get your opinion draft kings and station are hanging a
2: four give it some yeah i mean come on last place last place we we give them the, we we oh. tip that that <laughs> now i don't want it <laughs> no take it man come on No, you're That's getting what, the I, four. I, I, we, we get want, the four. We, we want a photo finish in the last week. Yeah. What that's, we what, that's what we'd like. Uh, we'd like, we'd we'd like to get into bowls
0: line. like neck and neck and neck and neck. Uh okay. I there's four games that I have looked at this week and seriously considered. Um let me get through the ones I'm not gonna do. You know I love unranked favorite versus a ranked dog. Since 2021, I believe it's fi- the unranked favorite has won 15 of 20. We have one this week. Clemson is a six and a half point favorite versus North Carolina. I don't like how big that line is, though. Like, I don't like the six and a half. If it was like, if it was like four or five, I'd probably take Clemson. At six and a half, it's just bigger than I really want to do. It just is, so I'm staying away from that one. Um, I think Boston College. I think we have a wrong team favorite situation with Pitt favored versus Boston College. But I don't really want to take another road dog. That hasn't really worked out well for me so far this season. That brings me to two totals that I am seriously considering. The first one I looked at and it's a lot of points, is LSU-Georgia State. The total is currently at 71. I still don't think it's high enough for that game. But that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with one I should have been going with all season long because I would have just an insane number of non-Big 12 wins. Now, this is the it won't work, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm taking under 30.5 in Iowa-Illinois. Because Iowa Unders are just money. And the fact that I haven't been riding that all season long is dumb. So I'm going to do it this way. Now, this is probably the week that it doesn't pan out for me. But I'm going to do it anyways. Under 30 in Iowa, Illinois. Illinois is getting their starting quarterback back. I actually think that's worse for Illinois than if they just continued to go with the backup. Uh, Oh, wait. No. Is that a 30 and a half? Yes. Hold on. Let me find one more. FanDuel's got a 30 and a half.
2: Those half points matter when it's that oh, long,
0: No, they absolutely do. Iowa's got – or Ohio's got – I need – who else has one? Who else has a 30-and-a-half? Oh, there's a couple 30-and-a-halves. Oh, beautiful. Done. 30-and-a-half. Give me that hook.
2: Appreciate that. Daniel? All right. You do a little heat check here. Uh, I'm going to take UTEP plus seven and a half versus Middle Tennessee State. Uh, I'm going to – it's an angle that's it's been on fire for me this year uh i haven't mentioned it yet on the show so i'm going to bring it up dude this is when teams are really bad okay when you have when you have uh single digit conference dogs okay excuse me single digit conference visitors so that's what we got here utep right they're plus seven and a half uh when they're when they're under 40 percent against the spread and under 40 percent win percentage and i know i look It sounds a little cherry-picked. It sounds a little arbitrary, but it makes sense. Basically, when you have bad teams, when you have a bad conference visitor and they're getting single digits, they're hitting it almost 58% against the spread, 328, 239 lifetime. This season, that spot is 22 and eight. So again, this is a little bit of a heat check. We're going to be about six or seven feet behind that three-point line, but we're going to chuck it up, taking UTEP plus seven and a half, Let's bring it home. Let's have some cash this week. I do have real money on this game.
0: All right, Um UTEP and bet river or not? UTEP. Um Sorry, bet rivers and South Point are hanging
2: eights. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's seven and a half. All right, I'm just I'm I, off I, for I, I appreciate fine. it. Uh, no, I appreciate it, but okay. You know, bet rivers is yeah. <laughs>
0: I, at some point, we're going to have a conversation of which books to to use. We're going to have official like Daniel's list of good books, bad books. <laughs> if <laughs> if you've you got like if you, if you gotta, got like, two
2: decent ones lined up, you know that's cool.
0: Fair enough, but, but I want you to do it as like one of those uh, uh, Instagram graphics that women do after they've read like eight books for their book club for that month, and it's like Daniel's best books, and these are the ones that you trust. Right. <laughs> uh this has been fun it always is fellas we've only got like three more of these uh, we've got one last week of the regular season we got championship week and then we'll do picks for bowls as well oh the season it just it goes too quick it goes too quick but here is to uh hoping for a successful week for chris and myself and for daniel to just at least go 500 so that we have an opportunity to to close the gap quickly uh so that we can have a uh, a photo finish by a hair in bowl season. We'll see what happens. It's been fun as always. Do us a favor. We've got a bunch of stuff. We just posted to the 1012 Network Patreon In the last seven days, we've got the Big 12 schools as dogs, the Big 12 dog park. Uh, I had some notes earlier in the week, and then we had a fantastic interview with Ralph Amsden, looking at the Corner 4 schools and kind of what's going on with them right now before they join the Big 12. All of that's on the Patreon. One of those is available for everybody. I'm going to lock up the, the Ralph Amsden video here probably I said 24 hours. I might keep it open until Friday for everybody. If you want to go take a look, um, kind of see what you can get from the Network Patreon. It's $5 a month. You can pick which show that you want to support. Uh, please go and check that out. The sh- uh, link is in the show notes. Um, of course, our good friends, Charlie Hustle. Uh, technically, we still have good friends with uh, prize picks, but uh, they won't show me anything in Arkansas from college anymore. So it's not like I can go in there and like be like, here's the lines for this week because I can't see them. So that's awesome for me. Living in Arkansas, super fun. Uh, anywho, you can go to PrizePex as well if you want. Uh, we are on Twitter at 1012network. Uh, Daniel's on Twitter at Danner B 7 If you want to find out about the uh, betting Slack chat that he is uh, helping to run and a part of, you can uh, d-him-him and, and ask about it. Chris is not on Twitter, but if you'd like a Frisbee, let me know, and I'll connect you with him. Sorry, not a Frisbee, a Discus. Frisbee is a brand name. Uh, we don't say that here. Well, because he doesn't sell frisbees. Uh, we will be back on Monday to recap the week. The weekend that was, talk about the weekend ahead. Y'all enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Podcast Network.